0: Lock Talk Radio. Come on, 40 people get down, get in the
1: car. Come on, 40 people get down, get in the car. 40 people get down, get in the groove, burn, remix, up oh, go make you move. ripping microphones is a habit, I got the fetish. Cooling in the crib with the brutes, and that's wonderful. Louse, giving you something that you could bounce to. Surround, sound, tailor-made, the plan, L-O-R-D. work. L-O-R-D with militia, coming to get you a vivid 3D picture. d.e.v D-E-V, Mr. Tan, had my girl the mic, Miss Toy, ripped
2: it. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of Radio On The planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Let's you Let's Thank you once again, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this April 10th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Dan and Oiko's Triple Zero Yogurt. Possibly the perfect protein snack, Dannon Oikos Triple Zero contains 15 grams of protein per 5.3 ounces. And unlike some other protein snacks, it has zero fat, zero added sugar, and zero artificial sweeteners. Each spoonful of Dannon Oikos Triple Zero combines a full creamy flavor with the sweetness of Stevia, a zero-calorie sweetener and sugar substitute source from the Stevia Rebaudiana leaf. That's Dannon Oikos Triple Zero yogurt, the official yogurt of the NFL. Greetings, salutations, welcome to all the Balkaholics and addicts listening in the uh, chat room tonight and around the world. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkan. My co-host is, of course, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we debate the merits of drafting early in the season versus drafting late. Talk about what one NFL Hall of Famer had to say to our little show about a current fantasy star and much, much more. Plus, senior editor from DraftSharks.com, Jared Smola, joins the show to talk about how he thinks the first round of the NFL draft should go and what his secrets are behind his FSTA award-winning projections from DraftSharks.com. Dave Gerzek, you've had two weeks off from the show. Welcome back, Holmes.
0: Thanks, man. Glad to be back.
2: It's uh not the same without you. Did uh you spend have a good time when you were uh where you were off? We had a great time with Henry Mudo last
0: week. I uh yeah, I heard. How was it? Tell me a little bit about
2: oh, it was good. Yeah, Henry. You, class- got some, you got a few
0: words in classic
2: Henry Mudo. Mm-hmm. Could I mean I was I was talking about drafts and leagues from years before, and he knew what who he took when, <laughs> what would have happened if he would have taken How somebody else. Yeah. It was fantastic. Awesome. He That's was awesome. great, he was great. Um, so we have uh, plenty of guys in the chat room right now, Two Packer, Aces, Rebels, Brothers Mayhem, uh, Mint, Rednecks, Road often. Warrior. I'm just telling you everybody who's in there right now. I, guys, I can I, see it. I know you can, but the listeners can't. They
0: don't, they don't
2: care. If you're downloading later, you can't. You, if you're listening live now, you can see. You guys uh, have any questions for us or for Jared, post them in the chat room. You can also connect with us on Twitter at HSFF at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. You can uh, call us, 347-426-3682. That's 347 game Over. And, of course, you can email the show at the FedEx inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend, Rob, as well as our audio engineer, Bryce, will get those questions to us Throughout the show tonight, and uh, obviously, if you have questions for Jared too, let us know. We will uh, we'll be able to ask him uh, of those uh, tonight. The FFPC has uh, the early bird promotion going on. Get uh, sign up right now until May fourth. Dave, you don't have to pay your full entry fee, do you? To, to get into you know, the all these promos. Okay. Save a,
0: you know, $200
2: deposit, get entered for the early bird uh, Pros versus Joes drawing. Uh we have the football guys players championship, uh drafts. You can sign up for those right now, get those squared away. Um there's some dynasty teams and should we make talk of the rumors going around about the startups?
0: Yeah, we got a few startups 507 50s only. Oh, okay. So if you want to play higher end? Get these discounted 1250 teams, there's only like four of them left actually, and they're actually not bad, they're check. pretty good teams 750 each for a 1250 team, which is a fantastic
2: deal. You can check out the rosters and picks at myffpc.com on the boards and send an email to Dave, Dave at myffpc.com if you want to make an offer on those. Thanks to Draft Sharks, Football Guys, and Roto World for tonight's rundown tonight. And let's talk about the elephant in the room, baby. Le'Veon Bell. Not that Le'Veon Bell's an elephant. He lost a lot of weight last year. He's suspended three games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. He's appealing it. Probably not going to get it changed after he did plead guilty to that DUI in February. Uh, the newly signed D'Angelo Williams will be the backup and presumpt, uh, presumptive starter for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, for weeks uh, one through three, he will be toting the rock for Pittsburgh we don't know who the opponents for the Steelers will be yet. We have to wait for the schedule to come out. Uh, probably going to be a, you know, a mid-range to low-range RB2, but I feel like you're going to have to overdraft D'Angelo Williams um, in order to get him um, you know, to take advantage of those three weeks. Let's not talk about D'Angelo. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. All right. Who is your number one overall running back right now? Let's see. Hold I on. Let me, I haven't let, been
0: thinking about it. Uh, let me frame, I've been on vacation, ball. I know I you know. have
2: been. Let me frame the question this way. Let's say you're dead set on taking a running back with your first pick and you have the 101. Okay. And you know you're going running back. You're not going to take Gronk. You're not going to take Antonio Brown or Beckham or Bryant or Demarius, any of those guys. You're taking a running back. Which running back are you taking with that 101? Is it Le'Veon Bell? Is it Eddie Lacy? Is it Charles? Is it somebody else that I'm not naming? Is it DeMarco Murray? Who's it going to be for Dave Gerzak on the clock at the 101 taking a running back? What do you think?
0: You know, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Peterson necessarily. I probably roll. I don't know. I probably look at Charles first. Right Charles
2: now. first overall, right now. Right now, go. how far would you drop Le'Veon Bell? He's
0: such a focal point of the offense, you know that.
2: Charles is, yeah. Um, how far would you drop Le'Veon Bell? Well, let, I don't. I'm not going to ask you what you would do. Where do you think Le'Veon Bell goes in FFPC main event drafts? Does he still go, you know, at the at the 101, the 102, or do you think he plunges to the mid first? uh, late first round with this news that he's missing three games.
0: Um, no, I think in, uh, I think he'll, I think he'll move down late, late first round. I think someone will take a ship Maybe they'll go like pick six or seven. You know what I mean? Some I mean, people right. can go higher on. So
2: the other thing to keep in mind too, with the FFPC, it's a, it's an 11 week regular season. So to miss him out on those first three games, you're essentially, if you're taking him in the first round, you're saying, okay, well, I don't need my first round pick for more than a quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good enough to to survive without. It. And it's not like you get a zero. I mean, you will be able to plug somebody else in there at that running back slot. But man, I don't know if I can take him at the 101 anymore. It's just a little too dicey no, for me. Yeah. How many would you take? How many other running backs would you take him from?
0: Hey, let's play. Really, you know, we don't even know everyone, you know, everyone's going to be at. You know, well, well we Peterson, basically Peterson, do. we don't know.
2: Peterson's the, the okay, well, let's play a mini would you rather here. Let's play would you rather. Rob, don't play it. Um, let's play uh, Would You Rather. Would you rather have Le'Veon Bell or DeMarco Murray?
0: Um, I think I would take Murray. I, w- I agree. That's a, That offense, um, because they... Uh, run the ball a ton? Yeah, they run so many plays, too. I mean, it's just like he's going to get a lot of carries. I mean, you have the problem with the fact that he had so many carries last year. If you can get past that mentally. I think you're okay.
2: Le'Veon Bell or Eddie Lacy?
0: <laughs> uh, I might still take Bell, actually. I don't know what it is about Lacy for me. I just...
2: You know, well, he, I'll, I'll he didn't t-
0: have very many targets last year. He caught a high percentage of them, and, and that was a big thing. He had uh, receiving touchdowns as well, which elevated his status. I just don't think he's going to get that type of performance in the passing game.
2: I, here, here's what I think could be your hang-up with Lacey. He was really bad for like the first six or seven weeks uh, of the season last year and left a lot of uh, poor tastes in players' mouths last year. So I think that has something to do with it. Le'Veon Bell or Matt Forte?
0: You know this is a new scheme, but I would, I would probably take Forte.
2: I agree, and Le'Veon Bell or starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys as of right now, Darren McFadden.
0: <laughs> oh, and not McFadden. I'll tell you that, Paul.
2: All right, so I agree with uh, Le'Veon Bell. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. I don't think he's going to get this. I think it is going to be three games. I, I don't see yeah, him getting it yeah. reused to two. So. Sure. Stevon Ridley signing with the New York Jets, according to the rap sheet, Ian Rappaport on NFL Network. You're way
0: too excited for that type of news.
2: The Jets already have my boy, Chris Ivory, uh, in, t- in uh, tow there. And Ridley joins him uh, coming off that ACL that he tore in October. So obviously, he's getting healthy. He's uh, He's now going to join a... Ground or what would it be? A pound and pound backfield. <laughs> yeah, with with
0: thunder and thunder, thunder and thunder backfield <laughs> with
2: Ivory and Ridley. Maybe Ivory gets cut with the Jets. Do you have any interest Possibly. in Ridley at uh, this point?
0: Yeah, I do actually. I like Ridley. Uh, I think. I mean, he was actually a really good back, except for the fumbles. He wasn't a pass catcher, but I mean, it looks like to me like he could catch the ball, just not not like Vereen or anything like that. But I mean, it doesn't look like he's a total. It is.
2: And it seems like they, they the Jets have some semblance of an offense now. That the offensive line is healthy. They have Marshall. They have Decker. Amaro is no longer a rookie, so you think that he takes a big step forward. We and, we and could be talking
0: next piece of news. Yeah, yeah well, we're talking about my boy.
2: Yeah, Rich Samini from ESPN said that Geno Smith actually studied under the Tom Brady quarterback guru Tom House this offseason. House said. Smith is a hard worker who's not afraid to put in the time. He was challenged and he met the challenge perfectly. House has previously coached Drew Brees in addition to Tom Brady. Now, Smith. So,
0: i just, I'm just skip this, okay, cool. on this Yeah. So like, Tom House, it, it, it seems like they're kind of being a little exclusionary in the clients. Like these are, the, you know, Tom House has taken off like, you know, he don't, just coaches those two guys. That's it. He hasn't coached any guys who sucked and well maybe and he has and do nothing.
2: Yeah. The, the list of clients include Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Heath what if, I mean, what
0: if, he's had, what if he's had like 600 <laughs> pro quarterback clients and 598 have been crap? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't, he sucks. Maybe I, he just had two awesome guys.
2: Yeah, you All could right. be right. right. But anyway, so Geno Smith. Geno
0: Smith is number 599 okay. That will suck.
2: Well, let's talk about him because okay. I, I feel like you kind of like him this year with the weapons around him. Would you be comfortable if you started off a draft as uh, having Tony Romo as your uh, QB1 or Roethlisberger as your
0: QB1? Would you be fine with Geno Smith as a backup? I mean, if the rest of my team was totally loaded. I guess I could live with it. I mean, when but it's AD not super, something you're. Yeah, in. I mean, like, but I think I think Geno at the cost, he's really super inexpensive. So I don't mind him. He does he does have some upside. I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: And again, I'll be waiting on quarterback uh come July and August. And who is who is I talking about? I, I forget who I was pimping up on the show as my my big you know weight on. Oh, Sam Bradford wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Bradford. So <laughs> it's up. with not, Bradford and Geno Smith.
0: It's not. I mean, you know. One of those guys is bound to hit. You just need uh, a third. You get another one.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh. Jameis Winston.
0: I throw Dalton in the mix. Yeah. You <laughs> have a few, few 300-yard games. Yeah,
2: I totally agree with you. Play play the matchups. Victor Cruz recently posted a picture of him running at the team's practice facility. Uh, it's weird because the picture was dated 11-14-2011. <laughs> I'm right. just kidding. It wasn't. He well, was, maybe it was. I I, I just, there, there could have been a, a watermark on there. I didn't notice. So obviously this is a good uh, sign for Victor Cruz getting healthy. Uh, He hasn't started cutting or running any pass routes yet, but that is going to be uh, where he uh, is going to take his rehab next. He wants to be ready for full contact at the start of training camp. Um, Tom Coughlin already kind of alluding to, well, if he's not ready by week one, we dealt with that with Beckham last year. Victor Cruz, kind of a sharky buy, I think, because he's going to plunge. Everybody's going to be on Beckham. He's super excited about Beckham. Cruz coming off an injury that, you know, we don't n- normal humans don't really come back from this all that well. But if heard this is like
0: one of the hardest ones to come back from.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think that everybody knows that and he's going to be so depressed. I mean, if you could get him as like a wide receiver four, a wide receiver five, that'd be
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with all you. Sorry. you. don't like it? No, I don't really like it.
2: <laughs> is it because of the and, wide and, receiver and, depth or you just doubt that Cruz can come back and become,
0: yeah. you
2: know, even 70% of what he was before?
0: I think this this the season will be really tough for him to come back, and then you're gonna use a roster spot on I mean, him, and then he'll come back in week like seven or eight, maybe, and he may suck, he may be good, you know. You just, there's so many you know intangible things, and then he also could just get shelved for the rest of the season if he, you know, if there's a setback in his rehab. I mean, obviously, you can see what happens as the as the time passes and how he's doing, but I don't know. I'm just not too you're not, optimistic. Okay. About Cruz,
2: do you are you excited about any New York Giants this year drafting them not named Odell Beckham?
0: Uh, you know Eli Manning I don't mind him I mean you know, he really you know he's been so maligned over the years that yeah. he's actually still pretty he's pretty productive
2: yeah um but you know Randall Andre crazy. Williams Rashad Jennings you're you're taking a it's a hard pass it's a hard pass
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know man the running back situation okay there, I mean I'm not maybe, trying to please, get you excited about. maybe them. Andre Williams I wouldn't be excited about it but
2: do you think the Giants add somebody in the draft the running back
0: I think it's possible I mean yeah. they, just, they can't be too with what I'm looking
2: at right now <laughs> and aging Rashad Jennings and a massive Andre Williams
0: yeah exactly big bulging eyes it's like you
2: know <laughs> is that is that is Wait, that one of Andre
0: the- Williams? he's got these eyes that like stick out like it's like in total recall when uh like, Schwarzenegger is like about to explode. Right.
2: I'll, I'll say that's, this. that's the
0: weirdest thing about Andre Williams I always look at
2: Matt Waldman uh released his rookie scouting portfolio 1400 pages and I'll tell you what there is not one word in there about bulging eyes on any of those running backs. This is the kind of scouting info that you will only get on the HSFF <laughs> Hour. Giovanni Bernard's weird ass and Andre Williams bulging hey eyes. Hey man,
0: look at that. He lost his job, thanks. <laughs> he would, we if, told you about if, it if two years listed, ago if
2: he would have had a sexier ass or a more standard-shaped ass. I didn't
0: say there was anything wrong with it, other than it was. It was just, weird. Yeah, it's just unusual. It's weird looking. Derek May's asked. Rob
2: Hausler and his sexy ass has agreed to a deal with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Gary Barnage and Jim Drake really the bottom of well, this I bring this up. Team. I bring this up because the FFPC premium tight end scoring. Uh, Gary Barnage and Jim Drake not really competition, but those are his comp- competition on the roster right now, uh, along with Dwayne Bow, Brian Hartline, Andrew Hawkins <laughs> as the quote unquote wide receivers on this team. Uh, that's who Hausler is contending with. Uh, 84 catches for 871 yards in 2012 and 2013 combined. He is a six foot five, 250 pound monster ripped up the 2011 combine running a four-four-six forty 40 and having a 37 inch vertical leap. I'm done, telling you
0: done nothing since then, but he was in that terrible scheme for a tight end.
2: I'll tell you one guy, who I, a high stakes player that is very excited about this.
0: Can I, can I guess? Yes. Duckworth.
2: You are correct. <laughs> John Duckworth <laughs> had him
0: roster. Hey, he, he had a
2: big Rob Hausler party. He was like, <laughs> Oh guys, you got to you got to come over. I'm having a Rob Hausler party. It's it's going to be great. You guys, it's we're going to have a lot of drinks and food. It it's it's going to be great.
0: I so, actually laughed out loud when I saw him cut Housler. like one of the diocese says, like, <laughs> you see the email and I'm like, oh that's funny.
2: Yeah, that's great. So, Hausler, you're not excited about as no, okay.
0: I'll listen to what Jared has to say about well, me, we'll so, t- and then, then I'll then I'll have to realign my thinking. <laughs> And just parrot whatever Jared says.
2: You know we have a little blurb here about Owen Daniels, but I think I'm going to hold off on that, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to uh, our guest uh, about uh, about Owen Daniels later on in the interview. So um, let's bring him in right now. Here he's a senior editor at DraftSharks.com, an award-winning fantasy football advice and analysis website. He's been with Draft Sharks since 2007. Helping take home numerous expert tol- uh, expert poll titles and league championships.
0: Did you send you this right up? No, no. He, this nope, is pretty, nope.
2: pretty impressive. he uh, also won the twenty twenty at twenty ten and twenty twelve FSTA Most Accurate Projections Award, finishing second place in twenty eleven. Won his first fantasy championship at the tender. How age. does he
0: fit all this in his Twitter profile? He doesn't. Oh, I
2: just know this. <laughs> Well, Rob knows this. He won his first championship at the tender age of nine on the strength of Barry Sanders' 2,000-yard 1997 season. Please welcome back into the high-stakes fantasy football our senior editor for DraftSharks.com, Jared Smola. What's up, man?
1: Yeah, some of that stuff you can uh, read on the internet. I'm not even sure if that all that's true, to be honest with you, but uh, I guess I guess you read it, so it must be, right?
0: Yeah, it's all from your Wikipedia page.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's Thanks for having me on again, guys.
0: Balky <laughs> had a 20-minute...
2: Leader. Hey, Jared, you know, the last time you were on the show, I actually looked it up um, before uh, when, when I was prepping for the show today, you were on April 12th, 2013. So it's almost two years to the day of your last appearance on the show. And if you remember, b- the big thing that we were talking about on that show was amputate gate, or <laughs> ampugronk or ampugate. We're talking, we're talking about the possibility and the percentage chance of Rob Gronkowski getting his arm amputated. And congratulations to you, my friend, you correctly predicted that he would not get his arm amputated. So kudos <laughs> to you, my man.
1: And yeah, scored one for us, and uh, you know that, that seems like forever ago now. And obviously, after the season Gronk just had, it makes it seem even longer ago.
2: It's very, it's, uh, it's fantastic. I mean, and,
0: and Jared, um, let's just hold out and we Let's get through this year and make sure that nothing happens. Oh, you again. still
2: think there's a possibility? Okay, you never know. Okay.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> Dave's
2: over here on the edge
0: of his seat, holding his breath about
2: Gronk's uh, arm. Uh, Jared, for those people out there and our listeners who are not familiar with DraftSharks, I hope there's none of them. Cause everybody should tell everybody a, a little bit about uh, DraftSharks.com.
1: Yes, we've been around since uh, 1999. I haven't been around that long but um like uh, like you mentioned we've won multiple awards uh the accuracy awards most recently those are that stuff we're proud of um you know we take pride in our projections and rankings we spend you know all all off season doing that you know that's that's one of the things about draft sharks you know we do football and only football so that's what we're focused on all the time um you know we we limit the number of uh members that we take so you know, it keeps it more of a, you know, personalized experience, I think. You know, you you send us an email with a question about your team or, you know, a trade question or whatever it might be. And, you know, we're going to get back to you. One of our writers will you know, get back to you within, within an hour, usually.
2: That is awesome, Bulky. Yeah, Kevin English, Matt Schauf, who's also been on this show before. And, of course, uh, your friend of mine, Lenny Papano, known as the godfather over there, yeah. all, all doing
0: great work. Yeah, Lenny's awesome, man. So, Jared, let me ask you about Philly because everyone wants to talk about Philadelphia um, because they're such a prolific offense. No Deshaun Jackson, no Jeremy Macklin, and we have a second-year receiver in Jordan Matthews from Vanderbilt. What do you think about him this season?
1: I think um, Matthews could be in for a huge season. I mean, you look at Chip Kelly's first two seasons down in the NFL. He had Deshaun Jackson as his number one guy in 2013. He goes for 82 catches, 1,300 yards nine touchdowns, he finishes, you know, 10th among receivers in PPR points this past year. Jeremy Macklin's the number one guy. He goes for 86, 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns, finishes 9th among wide receivers in PPR points. So, you know, I I think Matthews is on the same level as those guys as far as talent goes. You know, I mean, I think DJX is a different wide receiver in that, you know, he's more of that, you know, downfield, smaller speed guy, but I think Matthews compares favorably to Macklin, um, you know, Matthews is actually better than Macklin. You know, he's six three, two hundred twelve pounds, and he ran faster at the combine. You know, the forty yard dash. So I think he, you know, he compares favorably. He obviously had a pretty impressive rookie season. I think, you know, there's questions right now about whether Matthews is going to play in the slot. Is he going to play more outside this season? I'm not sure that matters a whole lot. I think he's going to be the featured wide receiver in that offense, and I think that does give
2: him the you know upside to finish as a top 12 guy this season you talk about um jordan matthews potentially being better than jeremy macklin now i know they've, they the eagles have sort of redone their running back core getting rid of Lashawn mccoy but adding DeMarco marco murray adding ryan matthews uh, you would think that matthews takes over all those targets that macklin was getting last year could jordan matthews conceivably finish better in 2015 than macklin did in 2014 in your mind jared
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. Again, I mean, I think they're similar talents. I think you can argue that Matthews is an even better um, wide receiver than Macklin. I think, you know, the concerns for Matthews is, first of all, you know, I think it's obvious that Philly wants to be a run-heavy offense. You know, Chip Kelly came into the league with that mindset. Now that he has DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews, you know, I, I think they want to pound as much as possible. And then, you know, there's a question, too, of a new quarterback coming in there in Sam Bradford. You know, how is he going to fit in that offense? And can he stay on the field?
2: Talking with Jared Smola from DraftSharks.com. Now, we don't have a production for this, but this is the question that I always like to ask our guests. Somebody from my Dynasty team. And, and getting some personalized ed- advice from one of the heavy hitters out there. So I'm going to talk about Carlos Hyde here.
0: Falky's always trying to get a little advice.
2: <laughs> always trying to get an edge. Uh, I'm going to use the show to my advantage. You yeah, know, might as well. Frank Gore has le- worked yet. Though. It has not worked yet. Uh, I think it's because I'm applying the advice incorrectly. It's, <laughs> it's not our it. guest problem. Uh, Frank Gore has left the 49ers to join the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Carlos Hyde is now the main running back there. Uh, but Mike Iupati, one of the best run blockers in the league, leaves to go to Arizona. Carlos Hyde still facing those vaunted defenses in St. Louis, Seattle, and Arizona twice this year. Are you looking to grab him, target him in, in redraft leagues, and if you own him in a dynasty league like some handsome podcast host might, what would you be looking to do with Carlos Hyde?
1: I mean, I think it's funny with Hyde right now. You know, he he comes in the league last year as a second-round pick. I think everyone, you know, sort of Assume that Frank Gore would at least, you know, start the season as the lead back and probably hang on to that job as long as he stayed healthy, and that was the case. But you know, now Frank Gore is gone. Hyatt has the job. I think you know, if he drafted him, and if you drafted him in Dynasty, I think this is about as you know as much as you could have asked for him being you know the clear lead guy in his second season. I'm not really worried about Reggie Bush. I think he's you know. Over the hill at this point, um, you know, he's either 30 or close to 30 years old now. I think he's going to be just a change of pace back there. Um, I think Hyde obviously wasn't, you know, any sort of stud in his rookie season, but I think he did find um, he, you know, his. I was looking at pro football his uh, numbers on him earlier today. He averaged 2.7 yards after contact per carry. Which was, which was top 10 among all running backs. And I think, you know, that's that's his game. He's a big physical guy. I think he's going to be better this year when he's able to get into more rhythm, you know, have some more of those 15, 18, 20 carry games. He never got there last season. And the other thing I like about him is just playing with a running quarterback in Colin Kaepernick. I think we've seen, you know, I always look at Alfred Morris in Washington who has done, you know, so much better with RG3 under center, than with, you know, anyone else. Just because of the running track that Griffin presents, it really opens things up for Morris. And I think that'll be the same thing with Hyde in San Francisco this season.
2: Jared, I want to I follow up that, that question with, uh, with the fall on your face ratio, which is, what is what's the percentage chance that Hyde just whatever, you know, something happens, he just craps the bet. He's a total bust this year. Uh, what are the chances, if, if I put it in a percentage scale, what are the percentage chances that he just completely flops this
1: year? Yeah, I mean, I believe in him as a player. I mean, let's that's, that's, remember he was, you know, widely considered the top running back in last year's class. He ended up, you know, being drafted number second behind Jeremy Hill. So I believe, him, believe in him as a player. I think the concern for me is just that 49ers team in general. I think they have the potential to maybe just, you know, blow up and have a really horrible season. They're in a tough division. And you know, if that happens, I think there is a chance that Carlos Hyde, you know, does disappoint this season. That's
0: yeah, what I'm. That's that, what I'm worried about. That's my. It seems like the top down that organization that the top is just coming off, and the whole thing is just crumbling.
2: You know, what's funny is I was actually looking at my Carrington squad tonight, and I forgot. I I was like, God, my running backs are just terrible. Danny Woodhead and Joye Bell and Monte Ball, and then I real I forgot I had Carlos Hyde <laughs> on that team. So I that actually lifted my spirits, but I'm I still. You know, again, I, I'm shopping him, but I don't. Was, I, I was just nice
0: pick. that was a nice pick. Last I time. don't
2: think I'm gonna, you know, the whole hype drain, train building. I don't think it's building to a point where I want to sell him off yet. Right. Ma- maybe as we get closer to the season, something will happen, but I think I'm standing pat with him right now. I think so, that's a good move. Or are you trying to
0: psych me into getting me to trade him to you? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. No, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Jared, in your how the first round of the 2015 NFL draft should go article. You had Todd Gurley going to the Texans at number 16. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, logically speaking, you'd think that maybe he's just a handcuff for 2015. Let Arian Foster play, Gurley heal a little bit more. And uh, so is that? do you think he's a handcuff? And then how high would you then take him in a rookie dynasty draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we need to keep expectations in check for Gurley this season just because of that ACL tear. You know, it happened in November, so he's only going to be – 10 runs removed from it when uh, this season kicks off, you know, we'll see how much he's able to do in the off season in training camp. You know, that that's going to be tough for a rookie who's not able to participate fully and all that stuff. So I think, you know, regardless of where he lands, I I expect him to get off to a slow start. If it is Houston, he'd obviously be, you know, playing behind Aaron Foster. I do think the Texans, want and are you know hopefully planning on starting to at least limit Foster's workload a little bit. You know he does turn 29 in August. He's missed 11 games over the past two seasons. Has taken on a ton of touches. So he's a guy that you know is definitely you know at least reaching the you know end of the line. So I think you know Gurley, someone I'm much more excited about long term than in 2015. I think you know Gurley, no matter where he ends up in the NFL draft, I think he's. A top three pick in dynasty rookie drafts, and I think there's a case to be made for him at number one overall.
2: I'm just thinking too with the Houston Texans wanting to add a running back, Dave. If they don't want to do it through the draft, you know what running back is bouncing around out there that could sign with them. Well, who would that be, Mister Ben Tate? Ah. Bring Tate back. <laughs> #Hashtag that. We we'll get that trending on Twitter tonight. <laughs>
0: oh,
2: man. What do you think about that, Ben Tate backing up Foster again? That wouldn't. Be, I mean, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't looked into it.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: no hard feelings,
0: huh? No hard feelings. Here's 800K. Just shut up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd take it. Jared Small is our guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. He, of the Senior Editor Ilk from DraftSharks.com, won the FSTA Projections Awards in 2010 and 2012, finished second in 2011. Um, one of the things that we always look for uh, as we get into draft season here, Jared, um, not only the talent, like you were just talking about with Todd Gurley, uh, but also the opportunity for these rookies and can they contribute uh, year one? Are they going to be put into a situation where similar to Calvin Benjamin last year, maybe not the most talented guy in the world, but he was put in a position where he's getting a lot of fantasy points. What is the opportunity that you're looking for, for a rookie, uh, you know, in rookie drafts? Is it whoever Baltimore takes at wideout? Is it whoever the Cowboys take at running back or is it something else completely, or are there several situations you're looking at as far as how the draft unfolds?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the ones you mentioned there, you know, Dallas running back you know, behind that offensive line, whoever whoever comes in there assuming it's a first or second-round pick is going to be the favorite for lead-back duty. So, you know, that's, that's an obvious one. You know, Baltimore wide receiver, I think that's another spot where if it's a first-rounder, that guy could end up, you know, like Benjamin leading the team in targets this season. Um, you know, the problem with the rookies landing there is their ADP is going to skyrocket because everyone sees that as a great opportunity. I think some of the you know more under the radar spots could be, um, you know, San Diego running back. You know, they have Donald Brown there. He's just horrible. Um, you know, <laughs> Danny, Danny Woodhead, Brandon Oliver, those are change of pace guys. So I think you know if they draft someone, you know, say 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 someone like j h i in the second round, I think he could be a great fit there. And I think you know he could be a you know top 25 back in San Diego. I also think. Um, the Jaguars and Lions are a couple teams who could be looking to add running backs, you know, sort of under the radar situations where a young guy could come in there and take over as the lead back.
0: It's interesting. I don't think Denard keeps that job forever.
2: No. Good old shoelace as the kids (laughs) call him.
0: Unless he adds a few pounds.
2: Yeah. But then it'll just slow him down though.
0: That's what they say. Sometimes, it, you know, it's an happened to way it didn't happen to T. Rich. Wait, it did. Yeah, well, we don't know. <laughs> it,
2: scientists still are trying to find the cause of, of what happened to Trent Richardson. Maybe it was just poor uh, analysis on the Cleveland Browns part. Which, honestly, let's be honest, wouldn't be the first time.
0: <laughs> so, Jared, what opportunity is the one to watch for rookie drafters? Um, is no, the- no, no, not that one. What next one? Did you already ask that one? Yeah, that's. The one. Oh, forgot. You were just commenting on his answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell. I was. I, I saw a premium user came in the chat room. See, I was Well, all, you know, was and the all, other th- the other all, thing,
2: sorry. Jared, I apologize. And in, in the Gatorade Studios right now, we have Game of Thrones on on one television. And appropriately with draft sharks, we have Jaws two.
0: Jaws two is good. on, and I, is this I Jaws three that's starting no, right it's now? Jaws two again. I'm oh, not, Jaws. I wasn't watching. I was actually looking no, but
2: at it is channels. distracting. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in here, right?
0: All now. right, let me ask you a different question. Let's look at the hole that Julius Thomas left in Denver. In the FFPC, are you uh, drafting Owen Daniels, Virgil Green,
1: or staying away entirely? Um, you know, I'm definitely hoping that I can, you know, pick out one of those guys, target them, and draft them because I think you know there is a big upside there. Considering you know obviously Peyton Manning at quarterback, Gary Kubiak's offense has a long history of getting big numbers out of the tight end spot. But you know, at this point, I won't. I can't pretend to know who's going to emerge as the lead pass catcher there. They obviously re-signed Virgil Green, um, brought in Owen Daniels. And, you know, Daniels has that long history with uh, Gary Kubiak. He's actually played with Kubiak every single season of his career. So he obviously knows the offense. Wow. Um, you know, he put up a decent line in Baltimore last year, you know, 48 catches, 527 yards. So I think he has a little bit of gas left in the tank. He is 32 years old, so we'll have to see. I think Virgil Green is the much, much more exciting guy. And he's the guy I'm hoping – becomes, you know, the lead pass catcher there. If nothing else, he's going to be on the field because he's an excellent blocker. But, um, you know, I think there's untapped untapped potential there as a receiver. You know, he's he's a very athletic guy. He came into the league the same year as Julius Thomas and actually posted a better 40-yard dash and vertical at the combine than Thomas. So he's a good athlete. I think, you know, if, if Denver did give him the lead pass catching role, he's a guy who could put up tight end one numbers.
2: And I think the the big question on everybody's mind, knowing that you were coming on the show tonight, knowing all the lower body injuries that Owen Daniels has had over his career, I mean, is is there a realistic chance that Daniels could have his leg amputated before the season starts?
1: (laughs) I hope so. I'm sure Virgil Green hopes so. And I'm sure all of (laughs) Green's dynasty owners hope so.
2: Oh, what did that be? I mean, well, I mean, say, you know, kidding aside, Jared unless one of these guys falls uh, in your draft, you're really not targeting either one.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know Virgil Green, as of now, you know, in the, in the NFL 10s and any of these early drafts, um, you know, he, he's going late. He's a guy I think at this point, you know, is worth taking a shot on if you're getting him, you know, in the, in the late teens. Um, hopefully, you know, once we get into training camp, we start to get a better idea of how the Broncos are going to use those guys. Cause like I said, I do think, you know, either one of them could finish, you know, as a, as a tight end one, if he, if he takes over as a, the clear lead pass catcher.
0: I mean, sure. It makes so, it makes whole sense. I mean, they have a, a top, you know, top offense. So, I mean, it, even with the good receivers, I think there's a good chance that one of those tight ends emerges and does well. You know, who always loves Owen Daniels, especially in the daily space? Uh Alex. Alex. Yeah. Alex. yeah, I know. I, I know. He's Awesome. He's always only
2: three. Hey, uh, hey Dave, have you? Uh, I'm thinking about playing uh, Owen Daniels uh, <laughs> today. What, what do you think about that?
0: Well, and, I, I would say you said it every week. Right, I you was going to say, like,
2: like, is this a recording? Yes. It's like the like prognosticator's <laughs> picks where you call in Owen Daniels. Uh, Jared Smaller from draftsharks.com is our guest tonight here on the high stakes fantasy football hour. Jared, you have put together some insanely accurate projections over the years. And I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of high-stakes players in general sometimes like to put together their projections on their own um, without giving away the farm and letting us know your secret. What do you think that people who put together their own projections or just you know formulate um, opinions about players in their mind as they go into their drafts? What do you think when they're when they're putting those projections together? Something that they overrate or maybe underrate uh, that costs them when it comes to
1: draft?
0: Sure, it's like leave it to the pros. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not sure people overrate anything. I think, you know, everything, any bit of information you can get your hands on is worth taking into consideration. You know, it's it's part of the equation, you know, talent, supporting task, situation, all all that stuff, you know, needs to be, you know, taken into account. I think something that's often underrated and it's, you know, one one of my favorite parts of the off is just coaching changes and, you know, coaching schemes. I think that's huge. It, you know, it, it can tell you a lot about who's going to get the ball, you know, for each team, where are they going to get the ball? And, you know, that, that obviously plays a huge part in fantasy production.
2: We've heard it many times uh, over the years too, with, with guests on this show. I mean, people who have been leading national contests, you know, four weeks in eight weeks in 12 weeks in, and, and a lot of times they say like, look, I knew this guy was going to be good, or I avoided this guy because this guy was, this guy took over as the OC, something to definitely uh, keep in mind as we, you know, you and I too, Dave, as we go forward and draft our teams. Uh, Jared, a couple of uh, emails we got in. One is from Elmsford, New York. You're in Rochester. I don't know how close Elmsford is, but this is from Juan in Elmsford. Uh, what are your thoughts on drafting a tight end from Baltimore in 2015? After reading the Ravens are praying for Pitta to make a full recovery and Crockett Gilmore still being a somewhat of an unknown. It seems like there's no value there, but without Torrey Smith, the targets have to go somewhere, right? That's Juan and Elmsford, New York. What's your read on the uh, Ravens tight end situation right now, Jared?
1: Yeah, I think there could definitely be value there. Um, You know, we just talked about coaching changes and the Ravens hired Mark Trustman as offensive coordinator for this season. He just left Chicago where he got some big numbers out of Martellus Bennett. And, you know, like the emailer mentioned, there's a hole at wide receiver there, so whoever does step up a tight end could see plenty of targets. I'm not optimistic about Dennis Pitta after, you know, suffering a second serious hip injury last season. He's getting on the older side already, too, so I'm not not banking on him doing anything this season. Crocky Gilmore is an interesting name. He is an excellent blocker. You know, he came into the league with that reputation. He was solid last year. Didn't do a lot of pass catching, but he did put up some solid receiving numbers at Colorado State. So I think I think he's definitely a sleeper. Someone to you know highlight if he does stick as the lead pass catcher. Um, I also think Baltimore might be a team that spends an early round pick on a tight end, whether it's Max Williams or Clive Walford. I think that's definitely a possibility. And in that case, you know, not generally not big on rookie tight ends, but you know, it, it would be a good situation at least.
2: Definitely a good situation, especially for that rookie tight end in 2016, if one does land in Baltimore. Uh, final email, David in Petersburg, Texas. Everyone is talking about T. Rich and Latavius Murray in Oakland, but no one seems to remember the pass-catching Roy Helu is now there too. Is he a sneaky pick in PPR leagues this year, or am I overrating the Raiders' backfield? Thanks for the email, David in Petersburg, Texas. Roy Helu in Oakland, Jared. What do you think about him in a PPR league this year?
1: Yeah, I've always been a fan of him. I, I was a fan of him coming into the league out of Nebraska. Um, I think, you know, he's proven himself as a great pass catcher. I think he's been underrated as a as a runner. I, am you know, always hoped he got more work in Washington. I think he, he could get more work now in Oakland. I think Hulu is definitely a better player than Trent Richardson, and I'm hoping Oakland doesn't force T. Rich into their game plan. Um, you know, Latavius Murray is a big-time talent, and he flashed last year or so. You know, if I'm betting right now, I would say Murray is the lead back, and Halu kind of sticks in that change of pace role. But I think he could see more action than he did in Washington. I definitely think you know he could be a running back three or a flex in your PPR leagues.
0: All right, Jared, this is the favorite question. I'll, I'll make sure this isn't a repeat. Um, <laughs> who is one player that you're going to make sure you have on as many teams as possible this year? Your ultra sleeper, and it doesn't have to be a super low pick. It can be. Any you know, a fourth round pick that you think is going to play like a first round or whatever,
2: not and not even a sleeper either. Like a guy that you just want to yeah, make sure. Really, that, yeah, you got to have
0: that player, and then one player you're going to avoid at all costs. It's
1: yeah, so my guy. I want to have on all my teams. Um, he sort of comes with a caveat, and that's you know he needs Adrian Peterson to not return to Minnesota. But if that happens, I'm going to be trying to draft Jerick McKinnon wherever I can. Um, you know this guy came into the league as quite literally one of the best athletes that the running back position has ever seen, Um, you know, just based on his measurables. You know, he he checked into the combine at 5'9", 210 pounds. He ranks in the 80th percentile or better in the 40-yard dash, the bench, the vertical, the broad, three-tone, 20-yard shuttle, all those drills he was in the 80th percentile. Um, There's there's an awesome website out there. I'm not sure if you guys have checked it out, called playerprofile.com which kind of, you know, just looks at that players' measurables and kind of how they compare to previous prospects. And Rick McKinnon's athleticism score on that website, which takes into account a player's size and his workout performance, is in the 99th percentile. So, again, I mean, this guy is an elite athlete, even when we're talking about, you know, NFL running backs, which, you know, all those guys are big-time athletes to begin with. And then, you know, you look at McKinnon's performance last year. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry, that was sixth best among all running backs who carried 100-plus times. So, you know, he he performed well as a guy who was coming into the league as a raw prospect. You know, he played his college ball at Georgia, Georgia Southern. Um, you know, he played some cornerback there. He played, you know, quarterback. And then he, he also spent some time at running back. So I think he's a guy who still has plenty of room to grow. And if Peterson does leave Minnesota and McKinnon becomes that guy, I think he could turn in the top 10 season. Yeah, baby.
2: Well, the other thing too, Jared, for people drafting in these uh, FFPC classic uh, classic, uh, drafts and and DEs right now, um, with Peterson still on the Vikings, you can get a pretty good deal on McKinnon. And if Peterson does leave, I mean, what's McKinnon's upside? Is he a low-end RB1, a high-end RB2 in that offense? I mean, that seems to me like a guy that you'd want to be targeting if you're drafting right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, some of these early drafts I've done, you know, he's gone in the seventh and eighth round, but I think he's, you know, well worth taking a shot on there. I think if, if, you know, Peterson ends up getting traded or released, I think we'll probably see McKinnon's ADP climb into the fourth or fifth, I would guess. I think he's still well worth taking there. I'd even be willing to take him as early as, you know, the third round.
2: What about a guy that you are avoiding this year?
1: The guy I'm avoiding is, unless he's dropping in, in drafts in the first round, probably into the second round, is Matt Forte. I'm just worried about him. Um, you know, he's he's 29 now. He turns 30 in December, so that's you know the age where you start to worry about running backs. He's had 350 plus touches in two straight seasons, and even you know before that, he had you know big workloads. He's had some knee issues in the past, so that worries me a little bit. The biggest thing is, again, Mark Trestman, You know, we talked about him going to Baltimore. He obviously left Chicago, and, you know, he, he was great for that offense. He was especially, especially good for Forte's receiving numbers. Um, you know, Forte was always a good pass catcher, but he put up two of his biggest receiving totals these past two years with Tressman. Now, with John Fox and Adam there, I think those numbers are going to come back down. And really, as a runner, he was, you know, sort of just so so last year. I think he averaged only 3.9 yards per carry, so. If he's not, you know, getting it done in the passing game to the extent that he was last year, I think we could see him, you know, drop out of the top ten and maybe even maybe even lower than that.
0: Interesting.
2: You know, I'll tell you one one way to get Matt Forte's ADP to drop and listen. You know, it happens to the best of us. I know I'm going bald, but if Forte ever let what hair he has left grow out, nobody would draft him <laughs> in the first round. Who wants to take a bald and running back with no their one. first? No one would. And I know he's losing his hair. I'm telling you, he shaves his head. That's my my plan is when I'm I'm totally done. But I mean, seriously.
0: Fred Jackson, too, he's
2: losing. I, yeah, but I mean, well, nobody takes Fred Jackson that high. But if Forte were to ever grow it out, I'm telling you, third round, fourth round pick, and I'd be all over let
0: me it. Let ask then. this question. Sorry to interrupt, Jared. I and mean, we have another question for you. So do people who are like losing their hair, do they look for other people who are losing their hair and, and like evaluate them more? I mean, I'm just wondering because I've never how noticed is, that. I never I, noticed that. How
2: would Jared be? Jared's not, not losing his no, hair. So I'm he's asking
0: a, you, Jared, you don't, this is not, oh, a Jared I'm sorry. This, this is for you, Balky, because you just noticed that. Yeah. I mean, it. stuff
2: like, I feel like this is a Larry David question because this is something <laughs> that, yeah, I, I think that stuff like that is more you, noticeable because I'm more it. cognizant yeah, of you it. Look for it more. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, I mean, listen, People, Maybe listeners of the I show. Noticed,
0: that's why I noticed uh, Geo's nice ass is
2: like, you know. You're an ass man. So this, uh, <laughs> hey, do, feel you like, a, feel do you have like a, a weird ass? No, I feel, you know, mine's all right. Well, then you should notice other guys who have <laughs> nice asses. I'm just telling you, if there's a guy in the NFL that's going bald, you're going to hear about him on this show. All right. Thank you. Jared. We, que- we
0: have one question. Yeah,
2: question from the chat here. This is from our good buddy, uh, Brothers Mayhem. He wants to know what your thoughts are on Josh Hill this year with uh, Jimmy Graham leaving. Uh, to the Seattle Seahawks in that trade, Josh Hill going to be the starting tight end. We believe in New Orleans. Sean Payton certainly been talking him up. What are your thoughts on on where you think Hill finishes among the tight ends this year?
1: Yeah, Hill's he's definitely been you know the the hype king of the offseason so far, and I, I you know I'm a bit worried that the hype's getting out of control. Um, yeah, I, I think I've seen him going like tenth, eleventh round in in drafts, which probably isn't crazy at this point. Um, you know I. I don't think he's he's locked in as that starting tight end yet. And we'll see what the Saints do in the draft. They do have a bunch of picks, so I wouldn't be surprised if they had someone. Um, you know, Sean Payton has has talked uphill this offseason, but you know, some of that has also been him talking uphill special teams ability. I think, you know, that's important to note. It hasn't just been his receiving. I think, you know, Payton especially loves him on special teams. So we'll see you know, if he stays in that role this season with, you know, along with a bigger pass-catching role. Um, He's he's a guy, you know, I think there's a reason he went undrafted. You know, he obviously played at a small school. He he does have pretty good measurables, is, you know, pretty inexperienced, obviously, he, you know, caught a few touchdowns last season, but I certainly don't think he's going to take over the role or anything close to the role that Jimmy Graham played there. Um, You know, someone to keep an eye near the end draft, I think, but not someone I'm looking to, you know, truly break out this season.
2: Our guest tonight has been Jared Smola, the senior editor and award winner from the award-winning website, draftsharks.com. Jared, uh, of course, everybody who's anybody follows you on Twitter at SmolaDS. You can follow DraftSharks on Twitter at DraftSharks. And you and Matt Schauff, uh host the DraftSharks podcast. I believe that comes out Thursdays. Uh, every week, you can download that on iTunes. Uh, I believe the RSS feed is on your site. I'm I'm a subscriber. I've listened to that uh, show. Very informative. Very entertaining. I can't wait to hear what you know. Nasty Bud Light fruit flavored margarita <laughs> drink. You're going to have to drink at the end of the season. I what is what is Schaff? What does he drink if if he loses that bet? Is it still one of the nasty raspberitas?
1: You know, we we've talked about our big bet being for 2015. The uh, stakes would be. I guess there's something out there called called Bud Light Clomata. Matt Matt found that. I guess it's you know beer mixed with like clam juice and and something else nasty. So supposedly they sell that stuff. So I think that's going to be what's on the line for our big bet in 2015.
0: I I look forward to that. I think not, that's an that's an ethnic. You are going to have to go to some sort of ethnic market. I don't think so. It. That's not that's not uh, Clamata.
2: Yeah, that, that there's like tomato juice and stuff like that in there too. Uh, I saw a there, Bud yeah. Light thing. I was at Walgreens today. They have like this cinnamon apple butt light drink now, which just, I mean, <laughs> looks like puke in a can. It's just, it's terrible. I going to go to
0: ethnic supermarkets and buy booze. They have to have some great stuff.
2: I'm sure they do. Jared, uh, at draftsharks.com, a lot of cool stuff going on there. What, what's, uh, tell, tell the listeners uh, if they go there now and subscribe, what, what they're, uh, what they're being treated to currently.
1: Yes, we got our podcast. Like you mentioned, we do those every, every Wednesday or Thursday, we're posting some of our um, profiles up on the site for free now. And along with those, me and Matt are doing quick little audio clips about you know, just our thoughts on those players. We posted Matt Stafford last week. Cordero Patterson we posted today, actually, so you can check that out. Um, we'll have another mock draft on the site at some point before the draft. I'm also going to be working on um, one more set of Dynasty rookie rankings to post this coming week before the draft, and then you know we'll have an updated set of rankings after the NFL draft.
2: If you want to hear uh, Jared's take on Cordero Patterson, go ahead and download that show. I did. I listened to it today. And then there was also uh, some uh, analysis on Le'Veon Bell from both Matt and Jared. I'm not going to reveal what their thoughts are on. You got to go download it. So check that out. And Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Always a pleasure to have you. Good luck. You're going to be, you are in the pros versus Joes last year. I believe you're in the pros versus Joes this year. 1250 DE last year. So you also play the high stakes games as well. Best of luck to you in all those leagues, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me
2: on. Jared hey, Jared. Jared Smola from draftsharks.com. 2010-2012 FSTA uh, projection uh, accuracy award winner.
0: That's a big that it's a big deal because it's a, it's all these experts Plus, there's a lot of them. How many are there like 30?
2: Oh, more than that. More I think there's or yeah, I think there's more. Yeah, that's it, crazy. I, I yeah. I thought there was 80 for some reason. There's 80 of them that that's I mean, that's
0: I mean that's I don't know it's just like that's I don't even know how to what to compare that to as an achievement. Yeah,
2: it's uh it's very cool uh, the for the Draft Shark subscribers I know they get excited for when the season projections are released. It's usually on a Monday morning, you know, in August and or maybe it's July. I can't remember, but it's a it's a very exciting day. Sort of you know the the precursor if 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 Christmas Day is is draft day, Christmas Eve is when Draft
0: Sharks release their rankings. But back when they used to do their rankings and like and they were did have like. Quarterbacks, they'd rank like 25 of them, they'd have this big long write up for each one. Right. And it was all in one, like, big long article. I would print them all out. I'd like 120 pages of. You just slaughtered the rainforest. Yeah. And I would, you know, I'd staple them all together and then I would sit and read them all. Those were the days. Now they screwed up the whole site by, you know, putting the profiles one at a time. Whatever. (laughs) And they are really detailed too.
2: It's it's good stuff. So check that out. Uh, Always good to have Jared on the show. Let's hit up (laughs) email. A question for eric Daver, tonight's guest send them a tweet at hsff hour on twitter email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com post it in the chat room during the broadcast hashtag your tweet with hsff or just smack eric in the head that's highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com or at hsff hour on twitter Every every
0: little no, Bobby, these guys on jaws 2 they're just asking to be eaten yeah flying around and parasailing well they don't know that and- there's sharks flailing, in there though they're flailing like seals in the ocean right but they don't know the shark is there is my point they don't know there's sharks in the ocean
2: they don't know that there's a huge one swimming right under there them, is no. well yeah they can't see that though <laughs> um i'll point this out i swear to god in that dancing scene from early in the in jaws 2 um, where Roy Scheider and his wife were dancing and there's all these kids there. And one of the kids that's out on the boat that's in that scene, I think it's the same actor who played Ray in the Kentucky Fried movie where he rents the video ab- about himself. You remember that's <laughs> like the final. I think it's the same actor that plays. And <laughs> nope. oh, he's way younger in this, though.
0: So, you know, that's Bulkapedia in action. That, that is that, balkopedia That's connecting.
2: How about some Brothers Mayhem in action? Brothers Mayhem on Twitter. Drafting early versus drafting late. Both sides have their pros and cons. But is there any data to support a winning strategy? So drafting early versus drafting late. First of all, I don't know if there's any data. uh, I don't have access to any of of whether it's good or bad. Um, The only thing I can recall is having guests on throughout the season of who did really well and who did really bad, or excuse me, who did really well and whether they draft way early or way late. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's been about even. Maybe i give a slight nod to – People drafting late, but it's so close. I think that we're dealing with small sample size. I don't know if you necessarily gain a big advantage either way. A drafting early, you can hit on some really good value, but you deal with you know changing jobs and roles and injuries. You draft late, you might not be able to hit on that value, but the the roles are and injuries are certainly more determined.
0: You know, one thing that we haven't mentioned it a lot. I mean, I think you put put in the email, but you know, we are doing that one time waiver period for all classic. Right. Uh, leagues that are drafted as well as the football guys players championship that's like oh now who's selling no i mean that that's actually interesting i'm (laughs) not trying you know right you know what don't play if you don't want to but this is interesting that for the first time ever you can draft early and still make a waiver move i think if you draft
2: before september 4th i believe is the
0: yeah i think that's around the
2: pre pre september 4th you'll get a waiver run yeah um and and if you draft after that you won't get one but Let's face it; you don't need one. People should draft.
0: Yeah, people should draft earlier. Is my
2: point. Jack Hahn, I know, uh, is a big fan of, uh, friend of the show. He said he always likes getting in a few of those early football guys drafts, but I know he always hits them up late too. So Mm -hmm. I I think that I don't think that there's really a big advantage. I I think that you should do both, um, and then figure it out for yourself. Uh, Some people are better drafting early. Some people drafting late. Uh, You won't know which one you are until you do both. Uh, Dave, you didn't comment on this. Kurt Warner tweeted at our show. NFL Hall of Famer Kurt Warner tweeted at the HSFF hour this week. What do you say? You guys suck? Well, Rob put out a tweet. Uh, the 49ers want Colin Kaepernick to run more, but Kurt Warner just spent the summer with them and wants him to pass more. Kurt Warner responds to that tweet, not about more or less, but about when and why. Sent from his iPhone. His <laughs> Twitter for iPhone. So that was pretty cool that Kurt and uh, Rob tweeted back to him like, oh, He's so like, Whatever. you guys are on the same page or you're on the same page with the team and he didn't respond to that. But uh, Colin Kaepernick. And then he's like, "Do you want to be on the show?" Well, I, I told a uh, Two-Packer was saying that, and I told Rob, "Like, hey, you got to get, you got to get him on the show." Well, you, you can't DM somebody uh, unless they follow you, and sadly, Kurt Warner tweets at our show doesn't follow. It. <laughs> so, Colin Kaepernick, I think you're a fan. Haven't you? You talked about him uh, this year that you actually kind of like him.
0: I do actually. I think uh, I think he's going to actually come back and do better than he did last year. I think he's going to he is going to I think run more and be more effective.
2: Are you worried? Obviously, Michael Crabtree wasn't that big of an impact last year, but an aging Anquan Bolden, an aging Vernon Davis, and they bring in Tory Smith, who really only runs the nine route really well. And after that, I don't know how good of a receiver he is. Does that worry you at all?
0: You know, I think Crabtree was terrible. Torrey Smith's definitely an upgrade. I think Torrey Smith can do more than run nine routes. I think that's just where he was kind of placed in Baltimore. Uh, Vernon Davis was underutilized. I can never understand quite why. But- I feel
2: like you were destroying him last
0: year on the show. No, I know. I'm, I I didn't want to take him because he had a lot of touchdowns okay. the previous year. Okay. But I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to take him this year. I'm just saying I think that he can be used. But the key, again, the key for Kaepernick is the rushing yards and the and the rushing touchdowns. That's just again kind of like Tannehill, you get that baseline and it really helps a lot. And by the way, Bolden never ages. <laughs> That's true. He is ageless.
2: Uh next email is Dan and Macon, in Georgia. He writes, Greetings, David and Ken. Do you know this one, Dave? David who, and Ken. Who David and Ken are.
0: are. Those the like, I don't know, gay Barbie.
2: I didn't get <laughs> it, but it made sense because we got an email last week uh, addressing me and Henry, uh, Henry Ramuto as Bo and Luke. Okay. All
0: right. So, so boys, I got that one.
2: The the, the Dukes of Hazard. Right. Right. So David and Ken. Are you picking up on this? 70s TV. <laughs> David
0: <laughs> and Ken. Um no, I may not have watched the show. Starsky and Hutch. Yep, I didn't no. watch. You didn't watch Darcy and Hutch? No, I thought it sucked. Oh, okay. I didn't like those guys. Did
2: you watch the movie with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson?
0: Yeah, I thought that was actually right.
2: I liked it. Snoot Dog as uh, Huggy Bear? That was good.
0: You guys- was more into the 80s type shows, like Riptide A-Team and, uh, I don't know, Remington Steel or whatever. Yeah, so. <laughs> Of course, it's steel. Of course, Magnum. Of course, is the best. <laughs> so, Magnum was better than all of them. So there
2: you go, emailers. If you're gonna do it, these weird TV movie references, hit up the '80s. Yeah. If you I, say
0: Higgins and and, and Magnum, you know, I'll get that one.
2: I and I'm better at '90s, but I can hold my own with it. We're
0: even Rick and TC out gun Rick and TC. Rick oh, Bachelor Rick. Party. No, Rick, no. TC is the helicopter pilot. No, no, Magnum. no. Who are the
2: who who was the 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 guy in Bachelor Party? Wasn't it Rick? Was Tom Hanks? And Rick, then Rick Gasco. And then TC wasn't that his buddy that? That put on the whole bachelor party. It was initials.
0: I don't
2: know. Maybe it was. Uh, I, I got to figure that. i want to look that up after what the was that,
0: What's that actor's name?
2: I don't <laughs> know. He was on Celebrity Rehab, I think.
0: <laughs> All right. where anyway, we gonna talk about Yeah,
2: yeah we'll tomorrow? get back to it here. Greetings, David and Ken. You guys have talked a lot about the passing game. of Tampa. If Famous Jameis is slinging the rock to Evans, v Jackson, ASJ. But what about the running game? Assuming the Buccos go with Martin, Sims, and Rainey this season, how would you be drafting them? It's Darsky and Hutch, by the way. Dan and Macon, Georgia. Sorry. So there you go. Doug Martin, Charles Sims, Bobby Rainey. Do you like Doug Martin this year, Dave? Value is depressed.
0: Uh, where's he going? Do you know where he's going? I don't know offhand. Where
2: would you take him? Fifth <sighs> round?
0: Yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood. Okay. I mean, it, it seems like if they're going to give Sims the passing work and Martin the early down work. That's it, what scares me. That's just like, okay. And Martin, so he's going to have to look good again. The offensive line's going to have to play well. And he's going to have to do well without catching a ton of passes. I probably may pass on that. Plus he's have a rookie quarterback,
2: right? That's the other thing. And then, and the fact that they keep talking Sims up, I think they really want to get a good look at him because he missed so much time last year. So that's, what's scaring me off of Doug Martin
0: right now. Yeah. I'm not really that interested in Rainy. He was a fumbler.
2: Ola, I played fantasy for the past two years, but I'm playing a deep dynasty, excuse me, I'm playing a dynasty league this year with some friends in the States. Can you talk a little bit about three of the lesser rookie wide receivers specifically strong, Parker and Dorian Green. I assume that's Dorial Green Beckham.
0: Yeah, those aren't lesser wide receivers, by the way. Well, I think he—I
2: like, think he means like not, not Cooper, Cooper and White either. and and those guys. Who's the other? Who's the third one? That Parker? No, no, no. There's isn't there another one up there? I don't think so. I thought there was. Maybe there's not. Gracias. That's Pablo in Madrid, <laughs> Spain. So let's talk about strong Parker and Dorian Green. The picture <laughs> of Dorian Green. Um,
0: I have strong third for sure. Uh, Doriel, you know, Doriel green Beckham, he's got such a potential. Hey, no, they, they compare him to Calvin, but he's not as fast. He's not as agile. He's not as good.
2: Doesn't have as good of a head on his he's, shoulders. He's got the
0: off, off off the field issues. I'd probably lean with Devontae Parker as my first choice out of that. He well, was really super productive last year in limited time.
2: And we could talk. I mean, these these three guys are – what did you say about Strong then? I'm sorry.
0: I just – I mean, he's, to me – I mean, Parker and Beckham are fairly close. But you know, strong to me is on a much lower level. I'm yeah. not really, I'm not really that interested in strong. To me, I got to find out where these
2: guys are going. If Jalen Strong goes to the Ravens, this yeah, is, and this I'm is interested. The preseason evaluation. Right, right. Preseason so, evaluation. So, uh, final email. This was, and I forget who brought this to my attention. A tweet uh, telling me to check out Eagles Insider at Eagles Insider. So I, I, I'm scrolling down the Eagles Insider Twitter feed. This week's, and I find this tweet. This week's podcast featuring great draft talk and a little would you rather with wow. at Greg Cosell. Come on, guys. the Philadelphia Eagles insider podcast stealing our material, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, no call for it.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Greg Cosell, he might be able to stand on his own with his draft analysis s name through the mud, <laughs> stealing our material. Come on,
2: Eagles Insider, you're better than that. That's gonna do it for our show. I want to thank Jared Smola. I want to thank Dan and Oikos, Triple Zero Yogurt, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, our mutual friend and producer Rob, audio engineer Bryce, and most of all, you listeners. Uh, thank you uh to all you people. Where's the music? It's playing. Don't worry. Sorry. Uh, next week, the FFPC main event and dynasty player, writer for Road of Iz, Jacob Rickroad, gonna be on the show. Your weekend officially starts now this has been another episode of the High Stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis interviews and advice from a guest much smarter than they are thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week
1: Joe said that I'm the best in the West.